Thank you for tuning in to the Mindful Babes podcast. I'm your host, Valerie Adams, mindset coach, entrepreneur, and manifestation enthusiast. I am obsessed with supporting you in living the life of your dreams. Each week, I'll be providing you with a quick bite of mind food so you can live the life that you were put on this planet to live. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Let's dive in. Hi, beautiful, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Mindful Babes podcast. I am especially excited about today's episode because I have on a very, very special guest, someone who is near and dear to my heart, my good friend, Lon. And to tell you a little bit about this amazing human, Lon is an internationally acclaimed sacred geometry artist. She's an author and creator of two bestsellers and awarded Oracle decks. I have her Oracle decks. They're amazing. As a founder of Lawn Art, she offers tools for transformation, reading, readings, and personal soul, soul portraits that connect you to your soul purpose. She's the author of the book, Modern Merlin. It's an insightful and practical guide through this fast changing world. It's an amazing book. And the, the book has an associated online course with it. Lawn's work inspires original thoughts and activates thinking beyond the everyday so that you can make real changes in your life and become the best possible version of yourself. And of course, all these things are amazing about Lon. And I've known Lon since 2019. We met, it was January, 2019. We went through a life-changing emotional intelligence leadership program together. It was five months long and we've maintained such an incredible friendship since then. And I'm so honored that she said yes to coming on the Mindful Babes podcast. We're going to have such an incredible conversation and yay. Welcome, Lon. I'm so happy you're here. Hey, I am so happy and excited and honored to be here. Thank you so much. Yay. Amazing. Well, I think it would be really fun to share with anyone listening right now just a little bit about your journey because the work you do is so incredible and unique. And I would love to hear a little bit more about how, how you got started on this journey and got to this point. Yeah. Um, I think for my journey, I really have to go back all the way to where I was a child. I am Dutch. I grew up in, in Holland. Um, actually, it's called the Netherlands, but most people know it as Holland. And um, I was a um, I was a very sensitive and intuitive child. Like I picked up um, on everything. Like I could look at people and just feel what they were feeling. Oftentimes I could feel like where the pain was in their bodies. Um, the challenge for me as a child was that I couldn't talk about it. You know, when you're a little child, you know, when I was trying to express something like that to my family or in my surroundings, nobody really understood what the heck I was talking about. So often I got the answer back like, oh, you're just imagining things. And um, so I felt very, I felt very lost. I felt very lost and very lonely and very out of place because my world consisted of all these subtle things that I was picking up from around me and that was coming through me, through my, through my feelings inside. And other people didn't seem to have that experience. So I really thought that I was nuts for a long time. Um, and that didn't change until I was in my 30s and I started traveling outside of Holland and I met people 
um, in Thailand, out of all places, that were talking about soul and energy and aura and things like that. And I realized like, oh, wow, there's a whole vocabulary around this. And there are people that are actually in the same um, realm as where I kind of get my experiences from. So that's where things started opening up for me in, in taking it more seriously in the sense like, wow, if that is my experience, then other people must have gone through this as well. Um, I've been, I'm, I'm a graphic artist by trade. So I went to art school in Holland and I've done lots of like advertising agencies. I built websites. I still do all that a little bit as well. But because I was always good at creating pictures and working with images, that brought me to um, sacred geometry. Mm -hmm. I came across the term. I saw pictures of the flower of life. I got so drawn to it um, that I started experimenting with shapes and colors and forms. And I started wondering, like, what if I can express a concept um, in a picture? Like, what if I can express a word, a concept like healing or love or intimacy, and I can express that in shapes and colors and forms and numerology? Mm -hmm. um, so that's how I started using my sacred geometry as a language to dive deeper into these concepts that are so at the foundation of how we experience our lives. Mm. right i mean we talk about that we want better health we want deeper connections with others we want more intimacy in our relationships and the way i approach that is like well what does that mean like we have to look at the word intimacy like what is that how do you create it how do you cultivate it how do you make more of it so and that's actually with almost every concept that we kind of take for granted and that we talk about all the time. We don't really even think about anymore, like, what is the deeper meaning of that word? Hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So much there. And I love just hearing more about your journey and how you discovered sacred geometry and I mean, you introduced me to it and it's so, so fascinating, just ev everything around it. And I love what you were saying about, and, and I would love to dive into this if you're open, just about, you know, the foundations, like you mentioned of how we can make changes to our lives, like where it really starts and kind of like, you know, for me with my spiritual experience with the, when I had my awakening starting in 2018, it was like, I realized I was living one way that I thought was normal because everyone around me seemed to be living that way. And then things got really hard, but I started quote unquote, waking up a little bit more. And I would love if you could just share a bit about what you see really commonly and, and the foundations for when someone decides to change their life, like some of the things that they go through. Right. It, it, goes, it goes a little bit back to what I was talking about. Like so often we, we grow up in, in a certain belief system, a certain paradigm, and it gets reflected in, in, in school, in our education, right? They teach us about 
how things are the way they are. They teach it in biology and science and all that together creates this, this idea for us of how life is the way it is and what, what our role in it is. But the problem is that education hasn't really caught up with where things are. Like science by now has um, proven that everything is energy, like we are energy. And not only are we made of energy, so are our words and our thoughts and our intentions and our dreams. And because of that, that means that all of those things together create that energetic field around us that has a direct influence on the world around us, on our reality. And that's how we are actually very much at the core of who and what shows up in our lives. And they don't teach you that in school. So it's kind of what you're saying, like unless you somehow come across it somewhere and you start to wake up to like, hey, I thought that this was the way things are, but now I'm finding out that it actually personally doesn't work for me. And my experience is very different. And now I have to find like how that experience fits into a new way of creating my belief of how things are the way they are. Right. Yeah. So what I'm seeing is that right now, collectively on, on this planet, we are going through a major shift of consciousness, right? We are waking up and we are realizing that we are not just outside of our external circumstances, right? We, we cannot always uh, control our external circumstances and, and what happens, but we can control how we react to them, mm. right? And, and if we change our perspective of what's going on, we change our energy, we can change our thoughts, we can educate ourselves, we can, we can use these tools to um, strengthen our own consciousness and awareness, and that will have a direct effect on how we experience um, our lives. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love what you said about like, when, when we're really realizing that we can't control the things on the outside a lot of the time and control is an illusion. And I think that's especially what like 2020 woke us up to is that we aren't in control of what goes on, but it's, you know, and I feel like there's two ways of living the one way. And this is the way that I was operating from for a long time was like, I'll be happy when the circumstance changes. I'll be happy when I get into a relationship, when I have X amount of money, when my business is successful, like it was, it felt like this, like future date, but not a date in the future. And it just felt like I was giving my power away to things have to change first, then I'll be happy. And then the other way of living is, okay, well, I want to shift what's going on on the inside. I want to actually feel better in this moment. And then through that, the byproduct often is that circumstances change. And I would love to hear about, you know, your thoughts on that. Like when people are wanting to change their inner world. Well, um, my book, Modern Merlin, came out, um, oh, it, it seems so long ago, but it wasn't even, it was in December. So just like not even two months ago, but going 
up to that moment was very hectic because there was a lot of things to do around marketing. There were all these last edits to get it all in place. There was a lot of connection with my, my publisher. So my life all of a sudden got very hectic and there was so much going on and I felt overwhelmed and I started to feel kind of stressed. Like I noticed that my heart rate was up a lot. And I know these things because I'm wearing um, an aura ring and the aura ring keeps track of my sleep pattern, for instance. And so I figured like, you know, there's not much I can do about what's going on with the book, but I can do something about how I am standing in it, right? Mm. So, I got very, very rigorous about um, doing my meditation practice because that really works for me. And that means that I get up early in the morning and I literally roll out of bed in my pajama. I put like a blanket over me. I plop down on the couch. I put my headphones in because I use guided meditations and I meditate for half an hour to an hour. Mm. And as soon as I started doing that, after like two or three days, everything got calmer. I got calmer. I got happier. I slept better. My heart rate was coming down. And because of that, I could handle all the stuff that was going on, which wasn't changing, but I changed. Mm. So... I think that's where, for me, that's how I live. Like if I feel like, oh man, there is so much, and there is so much going on. I think, I think we all feel um, almost overwhelmed, right? On a daily basis. It seems that there is so many changes that are going on, but also it seems that time is going so fast, right? So it becomes very complex. Mm -hmm. And for me, what I found is the best way to deal with that is to, is me. I am the starting point, my thoughts, my health, my feelings, my sleep, what I eat. Do I take time to go outside, taking walks, contemplation time, just time for me, like stillness. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so, I love that you're so committed to your meditation practice. And I know that's been a part of your life for a while. And I just think it's like, unless we intentionally create that time for ourselves, it's not going to get done. So do you have any, I know you like part of your toolkit to feel good is I know you love your walks and you love getting outside. What are some indicators to you, like feelings that you feel when you know, like, okay, it's time to give back to myself. It's time to take a break. Like, what are some of the things that come up for you? When I notice that I get reactive, and I mean by that reactive is like, like I get um, quicker in my reaction when something happens. I snap, right? You know, I feel like I'm yelling at the cat for doing something instead of just feeling calm. So those are my indicators. Like when I feel reactive, I feel triggered, you know, I feel irritated or something. Those are my cues to like, oh, I, I got to get back deeper to me. And whatever, however that that works, and that might be different for everybody. For me, it's like going outside. It is the meditation practice. And um, I love what you said about like uh, how you really have to be committed and take time for that. And isn't it interesting that by now, many of us do dedicate time to go to the gym and that's become a legitimate part of our, our schedule, mm -hmm. but we still don't really put 
me time, contemplation time, or meditation time on that same schedule. So I really would like to see that whole paradigm shift to where, you know, where meditation just becomes like, yeah, you know, in the morning from whatever, from seven to eight, that's my meditation time. And then afterwards I go to the gym. Right. Yeah. Recognizing that mental and spiritual, emotional health is completely intertwined and connected to physical health. Mm. Right. It's all together. Right. Yeah. And like with the gym example that you used, I feel like there's a reward linked to that. So that could be, you know, loving the way your body looks. It could be getting stronger. It could be sweating. It could be endorphins. And I truly believe like once you get consistent with meditation, once you get consistent with morning rituals, once you get consistent with getting outside daily, you will feel the rewards. And I feel like people just don't, and and I'm not saying like people in general, but anyone who doesn't create that time for themselves, they haven't tried it in the past enough times to really feel the benefit with the gym. You could definitely get a benefit and we do things that we know are going to benefit us. Right. Like as often as possible, we try to, and I just think that, you know, with mental health, especially like, that's why I asked you, how do you know when it's time to go, you know, dig into your toolbox and take a walk. And you're like, Oh, when I get triggered, when I get irritated. And I feel like, you know, most people don't know that that's the case, right? That that's what's happening and that it's time to give to themselves. And so I know for me, like I used to be triggered a lot in my life, like before I got into personal development work and some of my habits were I would numb with drinking wine every night, which there's nothing wrong with wine. That's fine. But for me, it was an escape. Like it was the intention behind the way I was drinking wine. I would go shopping a lot. I would you know, do all these things for my outward appearance. And so I love what you shared about. It's like, I just wish that people would really like do something long enough to feel the benefits. And that's how something becomes a routine. We do it enough that we can't imagine our days without it. Right. And that has a lot to do with, with changing the existing paradigm, right? We're still operating from a paradigm that is mostly based in the three-dimensional, which means it's a form-based physical world. And we haven't really made that transition yet into that our reality actually is multidimensional. And that three-dimensional world is just a a small part of a much larger multidimensional reality. And what that means is that we are capable with our consciousness to tune into places that go beyond the three-dimensional physical world. So instead of just focusing on on your body or on your car or your house or your dog, you can actually focus on what's going on inside, your thoughts, your feelings, your intuitions, your visions, your dreams. And it turns out that those things are very much connected and have to do with what's going on in the external world as well. I mean, that's where you find your your inner peace, your inner guidance, your that's that's where your core is of who you really are. Mm, totally. Yeah. Can you talk more about I love hearing your perspective on like third dimension, fifth dimension. And I know that it's something that, you know, maybe if you're listening, you've heard 
5D come up, you've heard, you're like, what does that mean? Like, what does 3D mean? Like, how do I know when I'm operating in 3D, 5D? Can you share a little bit more about? Ah, yeah, um, I don't refer to either 5D, 6D, 7D. I just refer to multi-D. Like, so um, just to make it simple, because there's a lot of discussion, like whether we should move into 5D or into, I'm like, I don't think that's the point. The point is that we should stop focusing only on 3D. So we are in a three-dimensional world, which means that we are mostly focused on um, the three dimensions come from the width, the length and the depth, right? So we can, we can measure anything by longitude, latitude and the, the depth. So um, that, that's everything that has to do with form-based, right? Three-dimensional is anything that's flat and uh, sorry, two-dimensional is anything that's flat and three-dimensional is anything that is like form. Like this is three-dimensional. My, my, my body is three-dimensional. Mm. But when you go beyond that, you come into the world where, and I think we've all been there, where you have this moment where you are um, so connected to somebody that you really love, that you just get into this space where you connect to each other and it just seems that time stands still, right? And all of a sudden you look back at the clock and two hours went by or three hours went by and you had no idea, like what happened? Where did you go there, right? Mm -hmm. Or when you connect or you are in prayer, and you connect to your, your God or you connect to spirit or the universe or whatever higher power you connect to. Often those moments are moments where you feel um, you feel a presence. You feel like you are definitely getting something. And all of that is in the multidimensional realm because it's nothing that you can touch. Right. Love is we all have experienced love, but what is it? I mean, describe it to me. It's, it's not something you can really see in a, in a 3D idea, right? Oh. With God or spirit or so there's, there is many things that go on that are from the multidimensional realm. Like when, when we go in meditation, like I think many people have probably tried this, but you close your eyes and you get into this space where at some point you're not even really aware of your body anymore, right? You just float around and you float around on thoughts or maybe you float around on stillness or music or, but when you come out of it, you, it takes you a moment to connect back to like, oh yeah, hands and a body and oh yeah, there's the dog and this is my house, right? So we, we have the ability to move our consciousness to different Bases to different places in reality. And 3D is one of them. And up to now, as humans, we have mostly operated in 3D. And that's all based on the external world, like what we were talking about, right? We're so focused on what goes on outside of us that many of us don't even really know how we feel. Like sometimes people never really stopped close their eyes and go inside and like, what's, what's going on inside? How do you really feel? Um, so now, and because science has caught up and has proven by now that everything is energy and that at the core um, energy, 
energy flows around in many different forms and the three-dimensional form is just one of them. And there's all this multidimensionality. So when we're talking about, um, you hear a lot these days about you can manifest it, right? You can manifest it. So what does that mean? That's where actually where my modern Merlin book came from because everybody was talking about manifest it. And I was sitting here thinking like, well, what does that mean? That sounds great. And I believe it, but how does that work? Mm. So I really wanted to go to the basis and the foundation of like, if we talk about law of attraction, if we talk about manifesting things in our lives, then what is the mechanism underneath that, that makes that happen? Like I'm a nerd at, at heart. I, I want to know things. I want to understand it. Like my mind is hungry for understanding it. Yeah. So beautiful. And, you know, and I know, and I love what you said. There's just so much there. I love what you said around like third dimension and all that. And for me with my business, I actually think of my business, like the things that I do, I think of it in two ways. So I think of like, okay, what are the 3d actions I can take? So I'm like, oh, I can make a post, right. That's 3d. People can see, okay, Valerie made a post. I can send an email. I can talk about my offers. And then I get to a point where I go, okay, I did the 3d things I know to do that are important. And now it's time to tap into a different dimension. And so that's when I start tapping into really like spirituality and, you know, beyond what I can see beyond my five senses and knowing like, okay, my ideal clients are coming in or opening myself to ideas coming through, which wouldn't be possible if I only stayed in 3d. So I love what you shared around that. Yeah. And, and it helps to understand it, right? And I mean, it helps to, it's kind of like your toolbox. If you understand how it works, it's much easier to apply it. Yeah. Yeah. So powerful. I'd love to hear more from you around law of attraction. And I know, you know, and there, I feel like law of attraction manifestation, we hear it. It's so commonplace now, just a few years ago, I feel like manifestation and even law of attraction wasn't super commonplace I feel like now it's becoming you know more well known like are there any distinctions you want to share from your findings about law of attraction and manifestation or maybe a unique take that you feel you have on it versus what is often taught or you've heard um no not so much not so much like a unique take but I think my understanding of how it works has definitely deepened you know I think I think when it first came to the masses was with uh, with the secret the book the secret where we all became aware of like oh wow you know we can we can be part of this manifestation in our lives but there wasn't a lot of understanding of the how mm. and that's something that i address in modern merlin as well in in how does this work and i think by now what we have discovered that the way it works, law of attraction states like attracts like, right? It's kind of like magnets. So we are the vibrational point of attraction and our, we create that vibrational point of attraction by the combination of the thoughts that we think in our mind and the feelings that we generate in our hearts. And those two things together, they determine what we, the signal, if you want to call it that way, which is kind of your wish list to the universe, what you send out. So that's why, for instance, 
um, affirmations were really popular at some point, right? And they still are. But what we've learned in the meantime, that it's not enough to just say the affirmation and come from your mind. I mean, you can keep saying like, I am lovable, I am worthy of love, I am beautiful. You can keep saying that. But if your heart doesn't feel that, then the signals are not coherent, right? Mm. They are not the same. So what you're sending out then is a mixed message. So what you're going to get back is a mixed package also. Yeah. We know by now how important it is to get our feelings there as well. And that goes back to where we started. That's why it's so important to tune in and to really start anchoring inside and really find yourself and find that stillness inside where you can connect to your higher self, but also to the universe and find your balance there. Yeah. Yeah. It's so powerful. What would you suggest for someone who is wanting to, you know, if they're in a place where they're like, yeah, I've been trying affirmations and I still feel deep down, I still don't feel worthy or I still feel scared. It's not going to happen or whatnot. Like, what would you suggest for someone if they're really wanting to gain that coherence, like where would be a great place for someone to start and really do that internal work? Well, I would definitely say, um, read my book because that's why I wrote it. I wrote it. Um, actually it's a funny story because I wrote it kind of for, um, my publisher, the the wife it's, uh, my publisher is a, is a husband and a wife. They own the company. And um, she, Michelle, her, she said at some point, she said to me, like, look, I love your art. I love what you're talking about. I kind of get it. But, but I, I don't really I don't really understand how all of this works. Like, can you explain it to me in a way where I get it? So I wrote Modern Merlin basically for her. And it's it walks you step by step through understanding how reality is built and understanding like what your role is in that reality. And then it's going to give you a lot of tools on how you can start participating in co-creating your life the way you want. So every chapter has um, little contemplation tools for you to try out to make that deeper connection that you're talking about as well. Because yeah. it's a package, right? To, to be really, to get your vibrational um, point of attraction really to where you want it to be. You want your mind and your heart to work together. So you have to address the mind with theory and knowledge. And then you have to address the heart with feelings and, and room and freedom mm-hmm. and safety to feel the way it wants to feel. Yes. Yeah. That's so powerful. And for a long time, I was only focused on the mind. So right all the books and, and stuff. And, you know, for me, it's like, I wasn't doing the guided exercises in the book. Like I was just consuming information. And so it was like, I knew all these things and on a, in, you know, intellectually, and I wasn't feeling them on a deep level and it's uncomfortable to do this work. It's uncomfortable to ask yourself questions you've never asked or challenge paradigms. And that's, it can feel, you're not always going to know the answers right away when you start questioning kind of like what you said at the beginning, where it's, you're questioning, you're like, 
I know this is how things have always been done, but I'm not sure I'm in resonance with this. Or, you know, I know I was taught this in school, but I don't necessarily, you know, believe college is necessary or whatever. It's like so many things and it's hard. It's change, right? That that's the thing too. We often get stuck with one way of doing it because somewhere along the way, somebody told us that that's the way it worked. But that could be like ten years ago or twenty years ago, and and we are still doing. It. And in the meantime, life has evolved and science has evolved, and we know more. So this is, I mean, I have I have definitely some time on you like I've I've done this much longer than you have and still for me I'm still learning it's a lifelong journey it is a lifelong continuous um, you know going deeper learning more letting go of old things that I thought were working and like oh look at that something new this is actually better so it's a constant adjusting and learning letting go and trusting Yes. Yeah. The letting go and the trusting piece. I think that's the most challenging. I know Uh, we want certainty. We want to find certainty. You know, if I do this, if I try this, then I will get X results. And, but but a lot of that trust will come from our connection, from our knowing that we are entangled with a higher source that we are actually part of the universe and and once you know that you know that you always there's always something you can do but how much power you have you are not a victim of of circumstances there there are many things that you can do so i think at the foundation of all of that is to develop and cultivate and deepen that connection to your you know, your multidimensional part that is part of the whole of creation. And that makes you, that makes you magical. That makes you in charge and in power of, of the things in your life. Yes. Yeah. I love what you said about not being a victim of your circumstances and it's, Yeah, it can be really tempting to be, especially when it looks like everything's working against you. And I love what you shared about being entangled with a higher power. And it's truly like really realizing like, oh, this is happening for me, not to me. And I feel like the deeper you get in your own connection with spirit, with source, with yourself, you know, you know, and you try, it's that trust piece of like, okay, this feels hard right now. I'm acknowledging it. And I'm also trusting that it's for a bigger reason. Right. It goes back to, they taught us that at the emotional program that you and I met in. And it's something um, that would be so valuable if we would start teaching that to our children, that challenges and obstacles on the road are seen as opportunities Mm -hmm. instead of like oh man something is going wrong and you get all defeated right a a challenge is an opportunity to change something and to grow and if they would change the languaging around it in schools then then children wouldn't have to feel like oh my gosh I failed what if we just get rid of the whole word failing and just go like wow I ran into this challenge today in school And I found this enormous opportunity to do something different to overcome this challenge. Mm. 
how much more empowering would that be than to come home and say like, oh man, I failed in school and right. So there's so much to do about the language that we use around all of this. Yeah. And I think what's so powerful too, that could be taught is, you know, challenges aren't bad. Challenges aren't an indicator that you're not meant for it or whatnot. And this is actually a lesson that I've been learning. I think ever since becoming an entrepreneur, honestly, because when you become an entrepreneur, you have no idea how challenging things can, can be. And you're not supposed to know, you're not supposed to be equipped to handle all the challenges in that moment. Like you're meant to go for your dream and the challenges will pop up and the rewards pop up too. And I think just for when I finally accepted, I was like, this isn't easy. Like entrepreneurship is hard. I gave myself freedom in that knowing that, okay, I can have challenges and it's still for me. And Yes. The fact that I have more challenges just means that I have more lessons to learn. And every challenge I've had, I've made it through in some way. And I just believe that there's freedom in accepting that challenges are a part of life. And it doesn't mean that it's bad or you're not meant for it. It's like you said, that's how we grow, right? That's how we grow. Because think about it. If, If there would never be any challenges and everything would be kind of like a status quo and everything would be great, then then what are we gonna do? I mean, that is probably fun for maybe a couple of days or maybe even a couple of weeks. And then at some point we'll probably get bored because right. It's, it's how we grow. It's how we evolve. That's how um, the greatest inventions and, and discoveries are made is because we are curious and our curiosity takes us beyond what we know. So it takes us on an adventure and beyond what we know is always a little scary. The unknown is always a little bit like, ah, right. seems dark here. I don't know this. What am I going to do with it? But there's also incredible opportunity for empowerment because once you go beyond what you know and you master something new, oh man, that's, that's where you grow. That's where all of a sudden you become so much bigger and so much larger and, and now you've, as a person, as a, as a human being, as a soul, you've, you've added to your experience. Yes. Yeah. And when we think of people, we really admire, you know, and we know their story, like, for example, for me, like Oprah, Tony Robbins, it's like, they come from, it wasn't a cakewalk and, you know, something that we respect so much is what they've created from their circumstances and the way they welcome challenges. And I think most people, you know, who we look up to and respect, it's like knowing their background, knowing the challenges they move through to get to where they are. It just like shows, shows us what's possible. Right. I I've been reading the book, um, the book of joy by the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu. And it's been so inspiring. And one of the things that they are talking about is they are showing the direct relation to the depth of our hardship and the height of our joy. And they are basically saying that if you wouldn't have any hardship or you wouldn't have any challenges, you would also not have really high joy. It, it goes together. Mm. Right? You kind of stay on a flat line, right? And our joy usually, and our happiness usually comes, especially our joy bursts out of a moment of, 
overcoming something or growing something or or realizing something right and all of a sudden it's like oh i did that that's amazing right that feeling that only comes when you overcome something yes yeah right when you come out of something yeah and even just like when we tell our stories about things we've struggled with things we've overcome it gives us such a sense of joy and accomplishment like and it's inspiring right it's inspiring i mean i i think the best stories and what everybody wants to hear and and that's what everybody asks in interviews like tell us your story yeah and and the story is where people relate and to hear from somebody else that overcome or overcame a challenge or their their upbringing or something that they experienced and to know that they came out of it stronger and that they were able to create an amazing life that is inspiring because that makes us feel like wow if she or he did that that means I can do it because I already have all that stuff inside of me that makes that possible. Mm-hmm. Totally. And it, this is the value of sharing our story. Right. And like, and when we share a story, we're not directly saying, if I can do it, you can too, or you should know that you can overcome this. But just by sharing our story, people are able to see the traits that exist within them. And they're like, oh, he's hardworking. He made that happen. You know, she, she was in the same place I was. And that's what I feel like is, you know, just with the coaching industry, with the personal development space, our story is so valuable because we've all overcome challenges. We can and, and it's really good to realize like how much energy and power stories hold, like stories are containers for energy. Mm. And have to be really aware of the story that we tell, you know, the story about what we believe about the world, but also the story about somebody else and especially the stories about ourselves. I mean, if we had a, if we had a challenge at a young age and something didn't go the way we wanted, we could end up telling the story for the rest of our lives that we're not good at that certain thing because we tried that once and we didn't succeed, Right. And that could set the course for how our life is going to develop. Mm-hmm. So it's really important to become aware of the stories that we tell also. Like, what are you telling yourself or what are you telling others about yourself? Yeah. So here's a really cool little exercise that everybody can do. <clears throat> Take a sheet of paper, just put a line in the middle. And on the left side, you're going to write down 10 things that you're really good at. And on the right side, you're going to write 10 things that you're not good at. And then look at your list. And you might be really surprised about what you believe about yourself, what you're good at and what you're not good at. It's fun. Try it. Because a lot, especially the things that we're not good at, I did that at some point. And I put somewhere, I put like, well, or what you're afraid of. I put down like, I'm afraid of heights. And I started thinking about it, like, am I? I'm like, where did that come from? Like, well, that was something that happened like when I was five or six. So I'm like, well, maybe I'm not afraid of heights anymore. Mm. So I tried it out. I went into a really high building and I'm like, oh, actually I'm not afraid of heights. That was just something that I was telling myself and others about myself. And therefore it was limiting me all this time that I couldn't do something because I thought that was my story and my truth. 
Yes. Yeah. That was the story you created from. It sounds like something that happened a long time ago, a long time ago. And also too, I feel like with that exercise, what's super valuable is that when you write out the things you're not good at, it can also open you up to possibilities. So like, let's say you wrote, I'm not good at social media. And it's like, you could look at it and be like, am I not good at social media or is it something that I'm just not super familiar with? And I could learn, Oh, I guess I could take a course on it. And it can start to like open your mind up to more solutions because it, it's almost like it can, it almost feels like the, not the lazy thing to say, but to be like, Oh, I'm not good at this. And then there's always a challenge of like, well, could you learn? And then what could be deeper than that is like, well, I don't have an interest in that. And, you know, I would rather have, I would rather delegate that, or I'd rather outsource it. And, you know, I think that's, if you're an entrepreneur listening right now, it's about knowing, like, if you're not good at something and you don't have the desire to learn it, or you would rather someone else do it for you, it's an opportunity to delegate side note. Yeah. Or you could look also at your left side where you wrote down what you're good at. And maybe you wrote down there, like I'm good at really good at really deeply connecting and listening to people. Right. And then if you have on the other side that you're not good at social media, that, that becomes like, Oh, wow. Where did that thought, what you couldn't do, where that, where did that limitation come from? Because you're also saying that you're actually really good at connecting deeply with people. So mm-hmm. how can you, Uh, start doing that on social media in a way that feels aligned with you way that feels good to you yes I even think too with the exercise like even a step deeper is to ask yourself for both columns like if you're good at something it's like how do you know how do you know you're good at listening to people Yeah, that's really good yeah like how do you know you're good at thinking of new ideas right and then from there you can gather evidence of like well people have told me this or well I've you know created this this and this and then same thing for what you're not good at like how do you know oh well I tried it one time when I was 10 and failed or when I was five I had this experience so I don't know if that's true today I love that you challenged it and went to a high building and you're like this is true how do I know some things go back so far. I, I realized at some point, because I was really afraid, you know that about me, I was really hesitant about going on social media and showing my face. I mean, I was showing my art. I had no problem showing my art, but I was resisting showing yes myself right and one of those hesitations came from something that my father said to me I don't even know when probably from before I was 10 and he said something about that my voice was really sharp and high Hmm. and that was engraved somewhere in my story about what I was telling myself like who would want to listen to my my voice because my voice doesn't sound nice And even to this day, so many people are actually commenting because I do like little meditations on my Instagram account now. And I get all this comment back from people that are saying like, oh, I love your voice. It's so soothing. Yes. Right. (laughs) And even now I still think like, really? You don't think it's like high and it's, it's crazy how much. They actually say that most of our programming and most of what we believe about ourselves, about the world, about others is set by the time we are in our early 30s. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And after that, we have to do a lot of digging and a lot of uncovering to get rid of that. And that's all programming that came from often early childhood. Isn't that crazy? 
Yeah. And there's certain years, like from like age, I think zero to seven, it's like, we learn about the world through our parents and then seven to 14. That's when we start to learn about the world through our teachers and our aunt and, you know, someone's parents and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, I think like, you know, to your, your 30, that's when you start to model and believe things about the world from like your boss and colleagues you look up to and stuff like that. Like there's always so many influences and nine times out of 10, I feel like when someone has a belief that isn't serving them, when we dig back, it always you know, comes before most of the time it, it comes does. From like before age 30 or whatever. I think that's why it's so valuable to do that simple exercise that, that we were just talking about, because it's going to show you a little bit about what you actually believe about yourself. Because yeah. often we don't even know. Yeah. Ooh, even like <laughs> my brain's like, ooh, even this exercise, like I feel like, and this would be like an intimate exercise, but doing that same exercise aligned down the middle. And then it's like one side is like, what's lovable about me? What's not lovable? Right. Yeah. Or, or what are you afraid of? Yeah. And what are you excited about? You know, it's, it's always good to look at those, those contrast things. Yeah. Because they will show you what you truly truly feel about yourself. And often it is different than what you thought that you felt about yourself. Yeah. And why is that important? It is important because that does create that energetic frequency, that vibration that you're sending out, right? And often we're not even aware of, of where that is coming from. Yeah. And that's why it's so important to start learning how to tune inward into those multidimensional parts so we can really start unraveling and uncovering like who we really are and what we really believe and because you got to start there yeah yeah and I love what you said about how stories are containers and yeah I love the way you said that that really resonates with me and something that I think is super interesting you know being intuitive being empathic I know a lot of my clients a lot of women who are drawn to my work they relate to feeling like they're they empath a lot of people around them and they can take on other emotions or whatnot and I know for me especially like you remember when I was living downtown in right yeah you know I felt a lot like my energy was re really impacted I felt like the frequency was really low there there was a lot of like you know, drug use around me, homeless. And I lived not on, I wasn't in a high rise building. I was on the third floor and there were, it was right next to a busy road. So a lot of cars would drive by, it was by a stoplight. So there'd be cars like right outside of the window. And I felt a lot like I was absorbing energy that wasn't mine. And I feel like even I, I feel like there's a lot of things we absorb that are a collective energy or collective fear, collective X, Y, Z. And sometimes it's like, what's mine, what's not. And I'd love to hear just anything you have to say about that. Yeah. Well, to go back to that vibrational um, point of attraction that we are, so we can, we can view ourselves. The simplest is like view yourself with like a circle around you, like a bubble. And we all create a bubble of energy that radiates from us that is made out of the thoughts that we think and the feelings that we have. And that creates this energetic bubble around us, right? So we walk around with that bubble around us. And when we encounter somebody else, they have their own bubble. 
right? That is made out of their thoughts and their feelings. So when we cross each other or we come close to each other, or if we spend time with each other, our bubbles are going to overlap, right? And if the bubbles overlap, it's kind of like, you know, like how you can pour different colors of paint together and they start mixing. So when your bubble of, of energy is overlapping with somebody else's bubble of energy, you're going to feel some of their energy, right? That translates sometimes in the thoughts that you're going to start thinking and the feelings that you're going to start having because that's what's in their bubble, right? So that's how we pick up on other people. That's what empaths are about. Mm. So a lot of us um, are really, really sensitive to it. And this can happen. Some people are so sensitive, like what you're describing. You can just step outside and you're in downtown, you know, downtown in the city. And there's all these people around you and they all have these bubbles and all this energy is flying around. And you are almost like a receiver. You know, you're like a radio receiver and you're receiving all that energy and you're and it's all now in inside your bubble. And now you can't even distinguish anymore. Like, was that my thoughts or where did that come from? And like, wow, why am I feeling so anxious all of a sudden? Not realizing like that was somebody else's anxiety that was flying around. Yes. And we see that right now in the world because so many people are so much in, in anxiety and stressed and confused that it's very, very easy to, to pick that up because there's so much of it, right? That, that signal is really loud. Collectively, our signal is like, ah, alarm, right? Yeah. So like you, I, I withdraw a lot. I don't, you know, I spend a lot of time by myself. I go into nature. Um, I don't really go into um, a lot of social places. But here's something that I do do. When I go, for instance, if I go into a big store or anywhere, I imagine that I put um, a protection bubble around me. And you can imagine that by just putting like a beautiful, like a big soap bubble around you. You can make that any color that you like. And you just imagine and envision that this bubble is going to keep anything that you don't want and anything that doesn't serve you for your highest good. It's going to keep it away from you. Mm. I always tell my son, like when we go into uh, to a certain store or something, I'm like, okay, bubble up. You know, you just create it in your imagination because that's really powerful. Yeah, totally. I love that. And um, as we're wrapping up too, I would love if you could give, if you have any pointers, like I love what you tell your son, Kai, like, okay, bubble up. Like, what would you, what advice would you give for someone who um, is like, they feel like they're highly sensitive. They feel like they absorb energy of other people. And especially right now, they find themselves feeling anxious and they can't pinpoint why. Do you have any advice around like boundaries or how we can better protect ourselves just so we're not always absorbing other energies? Well, everything starts and ends with, with consciousness and awareness. So the first step is to become aware of it. So when you're listening to this, just know that you can ask yourself that question. If you feel a certain way, you can start asking yourself like, wow, is that, a, is that something, a feeling that actually was generated from my own thoughts and my own feelings? Or could this have been something that I picked from somewhere else? So it starts with becoming aware. Yeah. If 
feel like you've been somewhere and you picked up from others, you can clean this up easily. And there's lots and lots of different methods. Um, you can use sage. If you've ever heard of that, you can burn a little bit of sage around you, just like what they do in churches with, with incense, right? You can even use incense for that. Mm. Um, you can just do it with your intention. You can just say out loud, you know, I demand that anything that is with me or around me or affecting me that is not in my highest good, that that leaves me now. And you just push it away. I often like start waving around me or I snap around my you know, and just imagining like I am taking it out of my field. I don't want it. You could have it. Yeah. Another really um, powerful way of doing it is you could go outside. You can just lean or sit against a tree and you can start imagining that anything that is not feeling good in your body, in your field, that you're going to slowly give that to the tree. And the tree is going to take that energy, run it through its roots and let it out into the earth. The earth is big enough. It's going to transmute it there into light. And you're going to ask that also. And then in the meantime, you're going to ask the tree to give you strength and light and energy from, from the earth and from the universe and from the tree itself. So it's always really healing to spend some time just you know, sit against a tree and just imagine those big old roots that are going into the earth and that it's holding you and nurturing you. Yes. Ooh, so much value. I love that. So many ideas. I love that with the tree. I'm going to do that. Yeah. I describe actually, I, I don't know what chapter, but I describe it in my book somewhere as well in like in great detail of how you can do it and what you can visualize and like tuning inside and using a tree to do that. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. This was so incredible. And I know that there are probably people listening. And if you're someone who you're like, okay, I, like this was a great episode. Like I want more, I want more lawn. I want to experience more of her. I want to learn more from her. Where would you suggest someone starts? What's the best way to learn from you, keep in contact with you? Uh, you can connect to my website, which is lawn-art.com mm -hmm. or a really fun way of connecting with me is on Instagram because I post almost daily. I post things about my Oracle decks. I post little one minute meditations. I, I give you a lot of really fun, visual, short things. Um, and my Instagram handle is uh, lawn underscore art. Cool. Yeah. I'll definitely put that. We'll make sure we have that in the show notes. So it's easily. Yeah. Cool. And yeah, lawns, um, her Oracle decks are so amazing. I love them so much. And the book you wrote, the book lit with the Oracle decks are so powerful and your book too, like so much value. I have your book as well. And I'm so excited for everyone to get their hands on it. I'll link it in the show notes as well, just so people can, can check it out. Where's the best place that they can buy it? Um, well, it's easy to say Amazon, but you can find all the links on there. There's lots of places you can buy it and all the links are on my website. Okay. Yay. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much, Lon. This oh, was such so an amazing conversation I took away so much from this and I know like when you and I talk on the phone we talk for like we like these are the things we talk right. about like you know there's so much right there's big topics there's so many big topics yeah and I'm just so grateful for our friendship I'm so grateful that you took the time to share your wisdom here on the mindful babes podcast and I can't wait 
to see see who resonates with this episode. So please, you know, send me, you can send me at the Mindful Babe or Lawn at L-O-N underscore art. Let us know, you know, what resonated with you and we'd love to connect with you further. Yeah. All right. See you next week. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Mindful Babes podcast. I hope you loved today's episode and got some takeaways from the message shared today. If anyone in your life would benefit from hearing this episode, please be generous and share it with them on your story. Tag me on Instagram at the Mindful Babe. And if you're feeling extra generous, please leave a review on the iTunes store. Your reviews are what keeps this podcast going, and I appreciate you so very much. Have an incredible day, babe. 